0: Welcome back to In The Know, On The Go, the podcast that's designed to get you across the things that matter in Aussie agribusiness in a way that's, well, just bloody easy to understand. This episode was recorded on the lands of the Ngunnawal people. Well, it's obviously budget week. For some people, that means sleepless nights, and for others, well, it's far easier just to get the experts in to talk to us and tell us what it all means. Today, we're joined by Georgie Ailey, the sector lead for agribusiness at KPMG. So Georgie's going to talk us through the key areas in this year's national budget and what it means for agriculture. Georgie, it's great to see you again.
1: It's wonderful to see you, Ollie, and agree it's been a big week.
0: Georgie, just starting off in terms of the key focus areas for the budget for agriculture, what are the key talking points for it?
1: Look, I think the headlines really, Ollie, are we, we've really seen strong recognition around the role that agriculture plays, um, but also can play in the future as we start to address and, and put more focus and effort and, and government focus behind climate change and also the broader decarbonisation agenda. And so, you know, what we've seen is commitments and investments that recognise the need to support the transition at the farm level um, and how we will need to shift and innovate um, some of our practices and and some of the ways that we operate um, to support that broader agenda. So that's been great and and that's been um, continuous work by many across the industry as, um, as this broader ESG landscape continues to evolve. I think the other key thing that we're seeing in there, which is, Front and centre for many uh, at this point in time is, of course, the broader biosecurity landscape and, um, you know, what, what threats we have right on our borders, how we're managing those and how prepared are we to, to deal with any outbreak or incursion should it happen um, as a country. And so I think we've seen that great recognition come through the budget this year. There are some areas where we have seen some shifts and some reprioritization come through the budget. And, um, and that's not surprising. You know, where we are now, we, we knew with a new government coming in that we would see a stock take, we'd see an audit of spending, um, we'd have a recalibration of, of where some of the funding commitments came through in the May budget. But I think what everyone needs to remember is that the commitments that were made in May that haven't been altered at all through this October budget still remain in play. And we had some some great wins back in, um, back in May. Uh, however, we will look forward, of course, to see what comes through in May 2023 budget, which is not that far away, and uh, and of course want to see some of the commitments made this week come to fruition and, uh, and really unlock the opportunity that we need them to to support the sector.
0: They've put a big focus, as you mentioned, around climate and the words biodiversity and carbon feature quite prominently in there, but just taking it back a step, can you just help define what is Biodiversity and what is carbon?
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, when we think about carbon, I mean, it's a chemical element at the end of the day. Um, But what we understand and what people are now really understanding is carbon is everywhere Um, and it exists in a lot of, you know, elements, fibres across the board. However, the link to agriculture is the only way to generate new carbon and sequester carbon out of the atmosphere is through our soils and is very much um, under the remit and the stewardship of farmers and and landowners and and whether that be First Nations people um, as well, so stewards of of the land. And and that's that direct link back into the agriculture sector. And then when we think about biodiversity, I mean, biodiversity starts to talk about the variety of plants and animal life that we have. in existence, So whether that be around trees, whether that be around animals or different species, uh, that starts to make up the breadth of the biodiversity that's above the soil and, um, and is in existence. And as a society and as a human race, you know, we are reliant on um, thriving and enhanced biodiversity, which underpins, you know, what do they say? I think it's 51% of the world's economy. And, um, and really sustains um, all of our existence on a, on a daily basis.
0: So looking at the budget piece from the climate space, so what are their key focus areas and what does it kind of mean on the ground for those involved in the agribusiness sector? Yeah,
1: look, there's a range of commitments. So we, we saw some funding in what we know is the Department of Agriculture, Fisheries and Forestry, But as many will know through the new government we saw a new department established where we now have the department of climate change energy environment and water so quite a substantial um, portfolio and so within that we have funding buckets sitting across a few departments that do link of course to climate and and do link of course to agriculture more broadly uh, so what we saw, and, and we had um, heard about the, you know, um, I think it's natural or national, um, the Heritage Trust, and and we'd seen the 1.1 billion commitment made around that um, earlier, and and that came through in the May budget, but it was quite clear in this budget that it was specifically called out, you know, the 300 million, I think it was 302 million, um, that was of course allocated to support the farming sector and in particular to help farmers manage some of that transition that I talked about um, before. I mean, there is recognition that we need to invest in new technologies. There's recognition that we need to invest in some of the core infrastructure um, to give us the ability to move forward around a lot of the activities required, whether it be broader sustainable land markets, environmental markets, um, how do we actually reward, incentivize, and, and shift um, not just at the farm level but that flow-through our supply chains. Uh, And, you know, clearly carbon's front and centre and there's been a a lot of um, commentary, if I use that word, Ollie, around carbon, carbon markets, um, integrity, robustness. Um, So there's some bits and pieces throughout the budget that that do look at um, carbon farming programs, look at ACUs more broadly. So I think we'll still see off the back of some of those funding commitments um, a bit more focus consideration around carbon, particularly as we start to consider that broader biodiversity market opportunity and how that might continue to evolve now that we've had even some legislation more recently around around biodiversity markets come through. So there's a bit in there and then there's the broader net zero agenda, which we know comes through energy and there's a lot in there around, um, you know, recognising the investments required for the energy sector to decarbonise um, but again, the link back to agriculture and how they decarbonise and and how you know we play as an economy is um, is really where we'll see some of those funding commitments come together.
0: Sounds like we're in a whole nother big long series about diving into <laughs> the, the carbon side of things, Georgie.
1: Oh, Ollie you could go down a rabbit hole, but um, you know clearly it's something that you know there's there's a lot of interest and um, but there's a lot uh, in participation as we know and. Um, and you know, farmers are really—I mean, they've always been stewards of that. Very, you know, soil is fundamental um, to, to and has been fundamental to agriculture um, for thousands of years. And uh, you know, what we we keep learning more and more every day around around soils, around carbon, uh, but also around you know, how do we sequester? How do we offset? How do we actually integrate that into a, a broader economy? That's um, some of the challenges that. Um, Still needs to be worked through. It's a complex space.
0: The other area which you mentioned was around biosecurity, and I think it's front and center for everyone. So, mm. in terms of biosecurity, what have they put forward in this budget? And yeah, is it is it something which commentary at the breakfast which was held this week is it seen as an adequate step for the industry?
1: Yeah, look, and um, and Minister Watt at the um, CropLife um, budget breakfast this week. You know, really outlined um, some of that focus on on biosecurity, and and as everybody recognises, we also have different operations happening in a state and territory level versus what we do at a federal level. Um, and at the end of the day, um, like we've seen with with you know our recent pandemics, anything across the world with biosecurity, uh, you know these sorts of things don't know state boundaries, and um, and this is a this is a national issue and something that will impact a breadth of industries. Um, across the border and of course predominantly some of the um, current um, threats that we have on our borders have a significant impact on many of our livestock industries uh, but the key thing that we're sawing there is this commitment around 134.1 million over the next four years and that really is to ramp up you know the preparedness um, to to any of these sort of exotic um, incursions but one of the biggest messages from um, from minister watt Earlier in the week, is that we had seen uh, through the May budget this sort of 66 million that was going to be rolled out over a four-year period. And what we've seen through this budget is the um, current government is looking to expedite that and bring that 66 million spend over the next two years. Uh, We've also seen strong financial commitment in there around traceability. Um, and, of course, through the electronic identification tags, the EID, that um, a lot of the industry will be across that we've seen, particularly in the sheep sector. Uh, and with a view in there around, you know, 1 January 2025, that we have this mandatory um, EID system in place. So and uh, and really now it's around the industry mobilising around that and working with government to make sure that we um, unlock that funding. We ensure that it's directed in the areas that we need and that we really are prepared And that we coordinate ourselves at a national level, but have response mechanisms in place um, wherever those incursions, if they should um, occur, uh, can be managed appropriately.
0: The other area which I think is probably not surprising for people is around natural disasters, and we're seeing it front and centre in the regions. But looking more broadly at regional Australia, what does the budget mean for the regions?
1: Yeah, look, there was a, a lot of recognition. I mean, look, there were there were some changes around funding commitments made. So, of course, the Building Better Regions, we saw some changes um, to, to prior budget commitments in that space. But there was a very strong message and there always has been a strong message around um, the Albanese government around commitment to the regions and the recognition of the role that regional Australia plays uh, in its contribution to the Australian economy. And of course, agriculture is a key industry within uh, regional Australia. And therefore, a lot of those commitments that we saw across regional Australia do support um, strong industries such as agriculture and strong communities um, of which we know communities play a crucial role um, in enabling our industry more broadly. So we we did see um, some commitments around health services, core infrastructure in the regions. Uh, There were some investment contributions around connectivity in the regions as well, and, and strong recognition around mobile coverage, um, which we know, and, and Oli, you're fully well aware, um, is, is still a big challenge for, for many um, in our industry, and uh, and a constant um, constant bugbear for many. Uh, but also as well, you know, some consideration, as you said, of, of the situation that, you know, we're not just seeing at the moment, but we, we have, um, I guess, had the compounding effect of what we've experienced around natural disasters, over the course of the last, um, you know, three or four years, and you know, you and I were both at a dinner last night. The ARLF 30 years, and we, of course, had um, Shane Fitzsimons who is the New South Wales um, resilience uh, lead, and, and I think for all of us, very sobering account of the last three years and and how we've gone from drought to to fires to floods to pandemic. Um, you know to floods in some places four times in the span of three to four months so you know there are many communities in regional Australia feeling the pain uh, and of course haven't had the opportunity to recover um, to be able to respond to to the next onslaught of of natural disaster and there's been you know recognition of the need to support that And, and I think what is comforting I think for us as an industry is of course our Minister for emergency response is is, um, Murray Watt, um, Minister Watt, who of course is our Ag Minister. So, you know, we see that fundamental connection around any commitments made around emergency response, of course, being um, deployed into the regions and and into agricultural communities. So uh, continued recognition of that. And and of course, you know, really, I think some of the messages that came through, even around drought, you know, it's hard to believe we're talking about drought, which we always should be when we're not in drought, uh, is the preparedness and resilience that needs to be built in our systems and in our in our industry and, and in our communities. So there was a strong message um, in the budget and I think a strong uh, narrative that we're, we're hearing from the government around this resilience piece and preparedness and, and making sure that we are actually investing in that preparedness and not just making funding commitments to it more broadly. So we want to see action clearly, Ollie, around that.
0: Definitely. One final question to wrap things up. In terms of the conversations you've been spent the week in Canberra, how do you think this budget Reflects the importance of agriculture to Australia.
1: Look, I think on balance, it um, it reflects a, a positive um, image of agriculture, and uh, I think we've we've heard that message quite strongly. Um, not just from Minister Watt, but for, of course from from the broad, broader sort of Albanese government and, and leadership, and and from the Prime Minister. Himself, um, you know, the recognition of of the contribution from a trade perspective, uh, the broader contribution, as I said before, around regional communities and agriculture to the Australian economy, uh, the role that we see the sector playing in addressing some of those large scale, you know, climate and, um, and, and, you know, nature in general um, agendas that we have in front of us that are complex and require um, multiple, you know, perspectives and and approaches to, to really. Um, make the changes that we require and um, and I think strong recognition as well around understanding the current challenges that face the industry so whether that be uh, current disasters that we're seeing around floods at the moment uh, whether that be the workforce challenges that we of course have been experiencing as an industry and and we're not in that you know we're feeling that across the Australian economy um, overall but then also as well Uh, you know, how can we play this role in addressing some of the current threats around around biosecurity? So I think we've seen some good core funding commitments that address some of the immediate challenges. And um, and as I said in my opening remarks, you know, we'll be looking towards sort of May 2023. Uh, We'll be looking, of course, around some of the broader policy that we'll expect to see come out of a new government. And um, I think really what we all want to see is that shift from commitment to action And that we we unlock this we coordinate as an industry and we make sure that those budget commitments um, are enabled unlocked and that they're unlocked in such a way that we capture that value as a sector and as a result you know we we keep on that track to a 100 billion dollar industry by 2030 and we're more resilient we you know we're, we're better prepared We're more coordinated and and we're able to take advantage of, you know, other opportunities as they emerge.
0: Fantastic. Well, Georgie, as always, thank you so much for bringing your expertise to our ears and we'll chat to you soon.
1: My pleasure, Ollie. Great to chat. Talk soon.
0: Well, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our newsletter by following the link in our show notes. And please share this podcast with a friend. The whole idea of it is to help get you in the know while you're on the go. Short, sharp snippets on the things that matter. So let us know what you think. We'll chat to you soon. See ya.